Agun Erev Shabbos Rabbi as we prepare for Shabbos Chanukah, Haba Olinu Letoiva. Welcome everyone to uh, our Erev Shabbos Shir. Usually we do Bir Tfila, but Lekavit Chanukah, we're going to have a Shir on Chanukah. Today's Shir is sponsored by our good friend, Rabbi Tzala Rose, Lianishmas, his brother, Tzvi Ben Levi Yitzchak, Nisham Shavan Aliyah. Welcome everybody. This is a very interesting subject. The Rambam tells us in Hilchos Chanukah, Bibayasheni in the second temple, Kishamalchu Yavan. Kishamalche Yavan Gozugzai. So when the kings of Greece decreed decrees on the Jewish people, and they abolished the religion, and they didn't allow us to engage in learning Torah and mitzvahs, and they took our money and our daughters and they entered the Hechal and they made breaches in the Hechal and they contaminated everything that was pure. And they distressed the Jewish people very much. And they pressured them. A great lachatz. Until the God of our forefathers had mercy on them. And they saved us from their hands. And they... Hashem was matzulos. Ah. The gavru And the children of Hashem prevailed. The hargam, they killed them. Vaishir Yusom Yadam, they saved the Jewish people. Vehemidoi Melech Menakoyhanim. And they appointed a king from the Kayanim. Vachazra Malchus Yisrael. And sovereignty returned to the Jewish people. Yasel Masayim Shanim, more than 200 years. Adachurban Hashini until the second temple. Maravarabaisai, dear friends, this is the Rambam speaking. The Rambam is not a historian and he's not a storyteller. The Rambam is purely a halachist. In the Yana Chazaka. He tells you what to do and what not to do. He doesn't give you history. Now here, the Ramam has to give you some history because we have to know why we celebrate Hanukkah. So you say, why doesn't he do that for every Yom Tif? Because every Yom Tif, it says in the Torah why we celebrate. Hanukkah doesn't say anywhere. Okay, so the Ramam has to give us the basic details. But why does the Rambam need to give us more details than the Gemara does? The Gemara says... The Yavanim defiled all the oil, and we didn't have any oil, and we prevailed, and we found oil, and we lit it, and it lasted for eight days. First of all, why is the Rambam telling me it happened during Bayes Sheni? What difference does it make? Bayes Rishon, Mishkan Shiloi, Mishkan Noiv, why is it of relevance during what temple era it happened? And more importantly, which is the focus of today's year, is why does the Rambam say that they appointed a king from the Kayanim. That's irrelevant to the Hanukkah miracle. The miracle is that we won the war, and we restored the temple, and we lit the Menorah. What happened politically after that is of no relevance to the Hanukkah story. And why does the Ram... Good. Even more, like Rabbi Yosef is pointing out, not only is it not relevant, it was a sin. The Ramban says in Parshas Vayechi that the reason the Chashmonon were wiped out is because they took the mantle of leadership. So aside from the fact that it's irrelevant, I mean, because it was wrong, that's very much part of the fact that it's irrelevant. It has nothing to do with the Hanukkah story. It, would, it wouldn't even seem to be something we're proud of as the Ramban learns they were punished severely for it. And the Ramban seems to uh, incorporate the fact that we regained sovereignty for 200 years 
as part of the miracle of Hanukkah. In other words, the fact that the Rambam includes this in the Hanukkah story implies part of the celebration is not just the restoration of the Temple and the landing of the Menorah, but the restoration of Jewish sovereignty then and for 200 years. So many Achroinim ask, and here we have it on the sheet from the Sefer Kuntra Shur and Begitin. Why does the Rambam add that they restored sovereignty until the Second Temple? The Rambam is... Uh, is trying to tell me the miraculous element. And why does he need to say that Malchus was restored to the Jewish people? The way Rav David Cohen of Gvolyavitz, Coney Island, asked the question that apparently the concept of the restoration of Jewish sovereignty is essential to the miracle. Otherwise, the Rambam would not mention a side point. But I like the way Rabbi Rucham Oshin, Rashiva of Lakewood, asked the question. He says, that which the Rambam says they made a melech, which is mashma that this was part of the salvation, says the, says the Yorech Lamayadim, how does that have any connection to the Jewish salvation? The salvation was, we won the war and we restored the temple and we found oil. Politically, what happened after that is not part of the Hanukkah story. Why is the Ramam included? And, like Rabbi Yosef asked, we find that the Chashon were punished that they restored Malchus and they took it away from Yehuda. And they took it to the Kaihanim. Malucha doesn't even belong to the Kaihanim. So that demonstrates that it's not logical that it should be part of the miracle if it was such a sin. Says Rabbi Ruchamoshin, Loy Rambam Our complaints should not be addressed to the Rambam because if you read the Gemara carefully, the Gemara seems to emphasize this. And this is something I didn't realize. You ever see this Gemara before? My Hanukkah, right? This has got to be the most famous Gemara in Shas. What's Hanukkah? The Tanurabanan on the 25th day of Kislev. They're Matame, all the Shmanim. Uchshe Gavra Malchus Beis Chashmonoi. When the sovereignty of the house of the Chashmon prevailed, then they only found enough oil for one day and they lived for eight days. So says of Yeruchimoshin, it appears that we can be medayik from Shas that the Indian of Malchus Chashmanoi is connected to Chanukah because of the Gemara's Lashon is Uchshagavra Malchus Beis Chashmanoi. And from this Lashon, that it's called the Chashman Malchus, that implies that the salvation has something to do with Malchus. And uh, what is the connection between the Malchus and uh, the salvation of Hanukkah. Now, Rabbi Rucham Oshin says a very beautiful pshat based on the altar of Kelm, but we're not going to go there today. I want to bring to your attention two sort of ways of understanding this Rambam. Both are quite beautiful and important. We know that one of the essential mitzvahs of Hanukkah is Halal. If you look in the Gemara, the Gemara says, What's Hanukkah? In other words, if you if you go through Hanukkah and you don't have potato latkes, you're Yoytze Hanukkah. If you don't have jelly donuts, you're also, I'm going to tell you Chiddush now, you're Yoytze. My father told me a very important lesson about the donuts. He says it's important to adhere to that which Chazal say. Ein lanu 
lehistamesh bahem ella leroisam belvad. That's the yisoid with. I'm sorry, I, you know, I don't mean to burst your donuts, but okay. Um, the Gemara Megillah says, but if you don't say Hallel, then you didn't have Chanukah. Because Chanukah is not a Yomtif. You're allowed to do Malal. It's a Yomtif to say Hallel. So if you don't say Hallel, you blew Chanukah. Now we know we don't say Hallel on Purim. Why not? The Gemara Megillah asks, that the whole makar of reading the Megillah is the Kavachoymer. The Kavachoymer is, if from Avdos Lecheros we sing Shira, we sang Oz Yashir, if when God took us out of the sea, we sang Oz Yashir, then Alachas Kama Vakama, when Hashem saved our lives in the times of Purim, we have to lay in the Megillah. So the Gemara says, well, if they said Hallel when God took them out of Mitzrayim, you should say Hallel on Purim. And the Gemara says, no, Purim happened in Chutzaretz, Yitzhiyas Mitzray, um, and therefore we don't say Halal. Or, the Gemara says, Kriyasa Zuhelela. Reading the Megillah is Halal. Or, the Gemara says, when we say Halal, Halalu Avde Hashem. Sing to God, servants of God. But we can't say Halal in the aftermath of Purim, because it by Pesach, Veloy Avde Paroi. We were servants of God, not servants of Paroi. But over here, Avdei Hashem, Veloy Avdei Achashverosh. You can't say Hallel and say we're the servants of God and not the servants of Achashverosh. Akati Avdei Achashverosh, and we're still the servants of Achashverosh. So whenever you have a, a ruler of flesh and blood, you can't say Hallel. So, so it comes Rabbi Avram Gorwitz, Rashiv of Gateshead, and he quotes his friend, Hagoin Rabbi Yisrael Weintraub, I believe a great Makobel. And he quotes the Sefer Ner Tamid, and I tell you, I looked up in the Ner Tamid, I did not find it there, but he quotes him. That Rav Weintraub wants to say, Achidosh Oyoim Venoira, and others say this as well. You know why the Rambam says in the times of Hanukkah we restored Malchus Yisrael? Because otherwise we won't be able to say Hallel! Because you can only say Hallel if you're Avdei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and not your Avdei Paroye, and not your Avdei Achashverosh. On Purim we can't say Hallel because Akati Avdei Achashverosh Anan. So how are you allowed to say Hallel on Chanukah? Akati Avdei Antiyoiches Anan. We're still the servants of Antiyoiches. Therefore the Rambam was compelled to say part of the Chanukah story is that we returned power into the hands of Jewish sovereignty. The Jewish people regained sovereignty, they regained royalty, so we are not Avdei Antiyoiches, we're Avdei HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And now we're able to say Hallel, so the Rambam is not telling me historical information, he's telling me halachic information. That the reason I'm allowed to say Hallel is because uh, sovereignty was returned to the Jewish people. So, um, V'al ah. That the reason why the Rambam says that sovereignty returned to Yisrael because the Rambam says that Chanukah is Yimei Halal. And he also says, you say Halal on Chanukah. And if there's ever any chisarin in Akati Avdei Hashver Shanan, you can't say Halal because it says Halalu Avdei Hashem. Therefore, the Rambam has to say that that's not a problem with Chanukah and therefore we're allowed to say Halal. Now, Comes Reb Avram Gorowitz and he says, wait a second. 
That only works if the Rambam holds that the reason we don't say Halal Amporim is because Akati Avdi Achashiro Shanan. And then the Rambam would have to say, but we do say Halal Chanukah because we regain Samrati. However, the Rambam is of the opinion that we don't say Halal Anpurim because Kriyasa Zuhi Heleila, because reading the Megillah is Halal. So that doesn't apply to Chanukah. So we would say Halal Chanukah, and the Rambam would have no need to say that sovereignty returned to the Jewish people. Meaning, this pshat of Reb Weintraub only works out if the Rambam holds the reason we don't say Halal Anpurim is because Akati Avdi Achashverosheneh. But if the reason we don't say halal on Purim is because Kriyasa Zuhi Heleila, that doesn't apply to Chanukah. So this pshat, says Rav Gurwitz, doesn't work out. Because the Rambam passes like Rav Nachman, that the reason we don't say halal on Purim is because of uh, Kriyasa Megillah is in lieu of halal. He doesn't hold of Rava of Akati However, says Rav Gurwitz, a very nice uh, idea. There are a number of Gersois in the Gemara Megillah. Our Gers is Rava Amar. Rava Amar. Now when a Gemara says Rava Amar, name says, that means he's arguing. But Rashi's Gers is Amar Rava. According to that, Rava is not arguing. Rava is giving an additional reason. It's another reason. Meaning both are true. And it could be this reason because of Alela. Rava is giving another reason we don't say halal on Purim. Now the girs of the Rif and the Rosh is Maskifla Rava. So they hold Rav is arguing Rav Nachman. That you can't say the reason of Kriyasa Zuhi Halela. That reading the Megillah is Halel because there's no Halel on Purim. But Rashi may learn that it's not a Machlaikis. Now, I saw last night in the Sefer, Kuncha Shiurim Begitin, that actually the Rishoyne, that this Chidush that Rabbi Weinchab wants to say, that the restoration of Jewish monarchy and sovereignty was necessary in order to say Hallel, and that's why the Ramah mentions it, the Kalboy explicitly says that on Hanukkah the reason we're allowed to say Hallel is because sovereignty and monarchy returned to the Jewish people. He says, um, He says that, here, let's read it over here. There's another reason in the Gemara. There's another reason in the Gemara. We can't say Halal on Purim because we're still under the clutches of Achashverosh. And we can't say Halal only on a Geula Shlema like Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Or Chanukah, Shechazra Lohem HaMalchus. Wow. Chanukah, we're allowed to say Halal because we restored Malchus and then we could say Halal. Now, by the way, according to that, we could just add that while maybe the Kohanim should not have taken the Malchus, 
they did do a great thing for the Jewish people. Why is that? Because when we're under foreign sovereignty, we're not the servants of God. We're the servants of the monarch of the nations of the world. But when the Jewish people have their own sovereignty, then we are not the servants of Matas Yahu or Yoichra. We're the servants of God. The purpose of Jewish sovereignty is to reflect the Malchus Shamayim. So maybe there was a some kind of infraction that they took it for themselves, but certainly the institution of Jewish sovereignty is a great institution because then it's just us and God with no one, no king, no real king above us other than the Rebbeisham. Now, in the Sefer Be'ikvei Hatsoin of Rav Herschel Shechter, he also deals with this language of the Rambam. Why does the Rambam say that uh, Malchus was restored to the Jewish people for uh, 200 years? So he quotes the Gemara in Sanhedrin that upon entry into Eretz Yisrael, <coughs> we have three mitzvahs. Number one, we have to appoint a king. Number two, we have to cut down the children of Amalek, the descendants of Amalek. We have to destroy Amalek. And number three, we have to build the temple. In that order, in that order, <coughs> make a king. Destroy Amalek, build the temple. By the way, one of the reasons why the Bayashani did not have full Kedusha is because in the times of Mordechai and Esther, we didn't fully wipe out Amalek. And the reason, one of the reasons why we didn't fully wipe out Amalek is because they weren't really kings. And we once explained, that's the reason why Mordechai wanted to mint coins, because he wanted to establish himself as a king to destroy Amalek, so he could build the temple. That's the three-pronged approach of how to build the temple. King, destroy Amalek, build the temple. In that order. You can't have a temple and then make a king and then destroy Amalek. It has to be in that order. Now, in the times of the beginning of the second Mason, like just says Rav Shechter, there was no Jewish sovereignty. Even though they were redeemed to an extent and they had a base on Mikdash, like the Ramban says, it was not a Gula Shlema because they didn't have a king and they didn't destroy Amalek. And that's why it says in the Navi Chagai, without a hey, that they were missing five things in times of the Bayashani because they were not Mekayim, the Mikdash, properly. They didn't make a king and they didn't destroy Amalek. Now, says Rav Shachter, after the fact, when the Malchus of the Chashma was established, he says an interesting idea and I, and I agree with it. Even though the Gemara says it has to be in that order, king, destroy Amalek, Mikdash. Nevertheless, it's, I, I believe it's reasonable to say the Mikdash was lacking because they didn't have a king and they didn't destroy Amalek. But let's say somewhere 200 years into the temple they could appoint a king. Would you think appointing a king would add prestige to the Mikdash? I would think so. But it's not in the right order. Okay, nobody said all of a sudden the Shekhinah is coming back the way it once was. But it's got to add something. If the Torah wants us to have a king, destroy Amalek, build a Mikdash, and we couldn't do the first two, and now after the fact we could do one of them, that certainly adds some sanctity to the Mikdash. This, I think, explains what the Rambam is saying, that the Hashmonaim restored Jewish sovereignty, and it restored for 200 years because something happened to the Temple when Jewish monarchy was established. It gave more... Spiritual standing to the to the Beis Hamikdash. So, Rabbi, but if we want to be Medayik in the Lushan of the Gemara, 
The Gemara says, Goru Malchus Chashunoyim, right? Yeah. But that's not really what happened. They weren't the Malchus when they were victorious. They only got the Malchus after the victory. That Lushen implies that they were Malchus before the victory. Good question. Actually, Rabbi Rucham Oshin asked that question, and he says a whole approach which would answer that question as well. And I do admit what we're going to say won't, won't be answering that question. In a way, though, the Rambam contradicts the Gemara. Because <laughs> the Rambam does not say it that way. The Rambam says that they prevailed and they established the Melech and it continued 200 years. So that's another interesting point. The Gemara implies they had monarchy the whole time. Uh, yeah, okay. Now, even though the Bayesheni was not Peshlemus, because they didn't wipe out Amalek and they didn't do it in order, but Rav Shachter says as far, and again, I, you know, not that he needs my endorsement, but I think it's very reasonable. There was a degree of importance added to the Mikdash through Jewish sovereignty. Like the Rambam is Mashma. That the Rambam Hilchas Chanukah says, Yes, I'm a Shana until the second base of Mikdash. The simple reading of the Rambam is mashma that this is what we're celebrating. Now, even though all the Yomim Tovim mentioned the Megillah's Tainus has to be connected to the Binyan HaMikdash and being Mechanech LaAvoidah, but even establishing Shultan Yehudi Be'eretz Yisrael, Jewish sovereignty adds to the Chashivos of not just the prestige, the Halachic Chashivos. And by the way, Rav Shechter says the same diuk that we pointed out from Rabbi Ruchamoshin that the Raman probably got it from the Lashon of the Gemara, Shegavra Malchus Beis Chashmanai. The Masha Shein Yinei Yosmach Zayi Baygam Kim Mishum Chashivos. Fine. And now um, I would like to present to you the approach of Rabbi Yitzchak Hutner Zechazak Levracha in the Pachad Yitzchak of the element here of the restoration of Malchus Yisrael. And this is very interesting. And there are elements of it that are somewhat esoteric that I sort of omitted for uh, just to keep things as clear as possible. Number one, he quotes the Rambam. And he's medayik that the fact that the Rambam tells us the story happened in Bayashini, something that, that indicates that this is intertwined into the essence of Hanukkah. Why would it matter that the story happened by Bayashini? Of what relevance is it that it happened in Bayashini? Well, let's say it happened in Mishkan Shiloh, like we asked before, or in Givain, whatever it is. Furthermore, the Rambam adds to the details mentioned in Alanisim the fact that the Chashram restored Malchus Yisrael. That implies the restoration of Malchus Yisrael was also part of the miracle of Hanukkah. And again, Rav Hunner says the same diuk that we brought from Yerucham Oshin and Rav Shechter, that the Rambam got it from the Gemaruch, Shegavra Malchus Beis Chashmanai. That means, Ah, I, Joe asked, the Gemara says that they were a Malchus before the miracle. So Rav Hunner addresses this. 
They're called a Malchus based on their destiny. They were destined for Malchus. And the Rambam holds part of my Chanukah. The Gemara had a question. My Chanukah, part of the answer to that is the restoration of Jewish sovereignty. As if this is uh, inherently intertwined in the definition of Chanukah. <clears throat> now, this is where it gets amazing. We say every day in davening, Ad Yavor Amcha Hashem, Ad Yavor Amzukanisa. Yeah, Ad Yavor Amcha Hashem, Ad Yavor Amzukanisa. Until your people cross over, God, until your people that you acquired cross over. From here, Chazal derive, we entered Israel twice. Bia Rishayna and Bia Shnia. Once in the times of Yoshua Benun and once in the times of Ezra. And these two comings are compared to each other. They're Hukah Shlahadadi. And the Chachamim say that by Bia Shnia in the times of Ezra, we should have been worthy of miracles like in the times of Bia Rishayna, but we sinned. You know what Chazal say? The same way when we entered the land the first time God did so uh, through great miracles, <clears throat> when we entered Israel the second time, we should we should have also entered with great miracles. Did we enter with great miracles second time? No, we just we just conquered. Why didn't we enter with great miracles? Because most most Jews prefer to stay in New York than to go back to Israel. I mean Bavel, yeah. But the fact that the Chashem and Aram were able to overcome the Romans or the Greeks, that was also a great miracle. One second. But that wasn't an entering the land. That was 200 years later. Now, but that is important. So, so Chazal are saying, we enter in times of Joshua miraculously, we should have entered in times of Ezra miraculously, but because of the Chait, so uh, we couldn't. Now, we should, what does that mean we didn't enter miraculously? We had to do it through politicians, through Koyresh, through Trump. But by Biarishina, we went in Biad Ramah and we conquered. Yeah? In other words, the first time around, we didn't have to come on to politicians. Second time around, we had to take natural means because of our sin. Says Rav Hunter, most people think that this means that because we sinned, the heckish is off. And even though we should have entered miraculously, uh, and comparing the second coming to the first coming, no, our sin destroyed the Hekish, and the second coming had to be natural. However, this is erroneous, because a Chait cannot destroy a Hekish, a Chait can only postpone a Hekish. So yes, we were supposed to enter miraculously, we didn't. We postponed it. We entered, but the miraculous part of it had to be postponed 200 years to the times of Hanukkah. The Yad Ramah of Bayashani was Hanukkah. So Bayas Rishon, the coming and the miracle was simultaneous. Bayashani, the coming was when we entered and the miracle was when we conquered. Now, uh, it was in the times of Hanukkah. So it comes out that the second entering had two levels. Coming in in the times of Ezra. And 
the fulfillment of the Hekish in the times of the Chashmanayim. And the Biyan Rama of came about by destroying Yavan. Why was it that the Yad Rama of the Second Coming specifically occurred through the, the conquering of Yavan? Now let us analyze Golas Yavan. Do you remember there's a man by the name of Abraham? And he said at the Brisbane Abbasarim, and what did God say? That they're going to go into exile. And they're going to be scattered by Eretz Uh Excuse me? Bavel is Eretz Lohem. Paras is Eretz Lohem. Edom is Eretz Lohem. Yavon is not Eretz Lohem. Yavon, we were in our land. We were in Israel. So how is that Golos? So I understand Bavel, Paras, and Edom. But Yavon, oh, it's not clear. Uh, I have to read it from mine. But Yavon, we were not exiled. How do you explain the Pasuk that it says over there that all the Malchus have to be Biaretz Loi Lohem? How can you find Saras Yavon as a fulfillment of the Brisbane of Asarim? Now, says Rav the answer is those who are heretical don't get Israel. Those who are heretics don't have a right in Israel. You know, one may say, well, at least uh, there are Jews, at least they're living in Israel. It's not their land. Israel was given to the community. And throwing off the yoke of heaven is part is casting off the ways of the tzibor. If by doing so, you abdicate ownership of the land. Having a shear in Eretz Yisrael for someone who removes himself from Jewish observance is a stira obey is a impossibility. That's the chidush of Yavan. Through the decrees of Yavan, by the way, there is evidence that a very large majority of Jewish people abdicated the religion and observance in the times of Hanukkah. So Yavan's Gezeira was very different than anybody else. Everybody else's get out of Israel. Yavon's was, we'll get you out of Israel while you're still in Israel. You could still be in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv, but you're not in Eretz Yisrael. That was the Chiddush of Yavon. Yavon promoted, pressed their Deya, their Chachma. They could create Eretz Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael, there were Eretz Loi Lohem. Can you imagine? You could be in an Eretz Loi Lohem in Eretz Yisrael. Because the Malchus of Yavan yearns to create a Matzav of Jewish heresy. And therefore, they created the following notion. They created the notion of Golos in the Holy Land. 
There is no comparison between Galus and any other Garas. Their Galus was much more fundamental. Meaning, he says, Oymek tohoi mafred ben midas hanochriyos shel ben haba mi paas shegila mi beis aviv lemerchakim uben hanochriyos shel ben amistoy v'chatzeros aviv mikomagam hakol zor etzloim nei shashal shemayim v'shem aviv. Who's farther, who's further from his father? Someone who was sent out of his father's house? Or someone who's living in his father's house and it doesn't even know his father's name? Who's more distant from his father? Who's more of a foreigner? Someone who was exiled, banished from his father's house? Or someone living downstairs from his father and he asked him, well, who's your father? He said, I don't know. That's the difference between Yavan and all the other Galasas. That's what Yirmiya said about his prophecy about uh, Yavan. Nomer shaked alareha. Nomer, the leopard, which refers to Yavan, who is bold. She is diligent in her cities. The other Galusim, the wolf, the lion, they send you out of the city. Yavan is in your cities. Now, Let's understand this. Let's understand the Yad Ramah of the second coming. The first coming we enter in times of Joshua. Second coming in times of Ezra. But it was not the Yad Ramah. When did the Yad Ramah happen? In the aftermath of Yavan. In other words, when did Biyashnia occur? Through the redemption from Yavan. The exile and the redemption. When Gullus means we're chased out of the Holy Land, then listen carefully. When Gullus means being chased out of the Holy Land, Geula means coming back into the Holy Land. But when Gullus means, and Gullus has no connection to conceptual leaving the land, but Gullus means losing sovereignty of Eretz Yisrael, right? In the times of Yavan, what was the Golos? The Golos wasn't leaving the land. The Golos was, we lost rights to the land. By giving up on the Torah, the land isn't ours. So how are we redeemed from that state? Coming back, we were there the whole time. The way we're redeemed is regaining control and dominion and sovereignty over the land. In the times of the first Golos, the Golos meant leaving. So we came back. It has nothing to do with Malchus. It's going and coming. Now it's not going and coming. Now it's losing Jewish sovereignty, which is, which we're only zoichet to through observance, and regaining Jewish sovereignty. Now. But isn't sovereignty really only when we have Malchus Yehuda? Let's continue. If we don't have Malchus Yehuda, then it's really... We're not following what the Baruch Hu wants in terms of... Oh, I, I'm going to continue. The way this redemption is manifest is by gaining control over the land. This is the Geula of Yavan. Because once we were redeemed in the times of Yavan, now the Hekish is back. You entered in the times of Bayes Rishon with Yad Ramah, and now in times of Bayes Shani we're coming back Yad Ramah. And whatever, now this is interesting, whatever was lacking in the Yad Ramah of Biyashniya is regained now in times of Hanukkah.
Now, what was lacking in the Yad Ramah and Biyashniya, it was a punishment. It was a punishment for our chait. Really, we should have come through Nisim, but there was a sin. Now, studying this uh, deficiency, we see something wondrous. Because in the punishment that we did not enter with uh, Yad Ramah, we do see an element of chesed here. Because listen to this, the Torah promises, V'heviyacha v'heitivcha me'avaysecha. Here, I'm pointing over here. God says, V'heviyacha, I'm going to bring you back to the land, and I'm going to do better for you than I did to your forefathers. How is that? The havtacha of the second coming being better than the first coming, because Chazal say, the first time we entered Eretz Yisrael, we were only Chayv and Shuma and Maiser after 14 years. Seven years of conquering, seven years of dividing. And you, you entered immediately and you were obligated. In other words, Chazal say like this, the first time we entered Eretz Yisrael, we were not Chayv and Shuma and Maiser until after 14 years. The second time, we were Chayv immediately. Why? Because the first time we came in through conquering. So until you're conquered, we're not zoichen to the land. The second time, they didn't conquer. So as soon as they walked into the land, they were chayim and shumas and meisers. So there was actually a benefit and a chesed in the fact that the biyashniya was less um, powerful than Birishana. Since Birishana was with conquering, so until we conquered, we're not Chayef. But the fact that Birishnia had a deficiency that, that we didn't come in Biyad Rama, we didn't really conquer, so then we acquired the land, uh, immediately. In fact, he adds the words of the Rambam. The Rambam says, what's the difference between Birishana and Birishnia? He, Kitsha Rishana, Kitsha Shnia. Kitsha Rishana was only Lashaita, Veloi Kitsha Lasadlavai. Kitshashniya was even Kitshalasalavai. The Rambam says the reason is, the first time around it was through conquering. So once the conquering was batel, the Kedusha was batel. The Biyashniya was not because of conquering. It's just we took the land. So the fact that we didn't go in Biyad Rama and we just walked in, that allowed us to be mechayiv and mitzvahs immediately and allowed us to be zoichen kedusha eternally. So the fact that biyashniya was deficient and had a lot of milas, he's just pointing out that sometimes a lowered status is actually a benefit. The lowered status that we didn't go in biyad rama made it that rechayiv and shumas and immediately and made it that that kedusha remains eternally. Now, According to this, we understand... Uh, this is clear already. Now we can read inside. Now we can understand the order of the Malchias. After the redemption from Persia came the Golas of Yavan. The redemption from Persia was coming into the land. We came into the land, so immediately Eretz had more Kedusha than it ever had. Because since it was sanctified by coming, once we were in the land, it was sanctified for all times. And no matter how many times we were left and we were chased out, nothing could remove the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. And we were Chayim and Shumas right away. Now, we are still lacking that we didn't come in Biyad Ramah. 
So now comes Golas Yavan with its great chidosh to completely turn over Eretz Yisrael, where God gave us Eretz Yisrael, and because of our behavior in Eretz Yisrael, we could be in the land, and we're in an Eretz Yisrael, we lost the land. Meaning, Golas Yavan created what is called Yitzira of Eretz Loyalahand while still in the borders of Eretz Yisrael. Now, says Rav Hutner, the promise that God will do better to us in, in uh, Biyashnia, Loi Hishina, Loi, excuse me, Loi Hisiga es Shleimos Kiyuma ad Porkan Yavan. The true added element of the Biyashnia being better than Biyashnia did not come to fruition until the being redeemed from Yavan. Because until we were redeemed from Yavan, then, there was still something lacking in the second coming. You know what was lacking in the second coming? True, we were chayim and trumas right away. True, it had eternal kedusha, but it wasn't biyad rama. We were lacking biyad rama. So the hatava me'avos was only in one aspect but not regarding the Yad Ramah, and that came to fruition in the times of Hanukkah. Marv Rabbi now we understand why the Rambam had to say that part of the Hanukkah story is Jewish sovereignty, the restoration of Jewish Malchus, and uh, the, the, the instatement of monarchy to the Jewish people. Because Golas Yavin was different than any other Golas. Every other Golas we were chased out, so the Gula is, come back in. But Golas Yavan was, we weren't chased out, but we sort of lost our grip of our rights to the land of Israel, being that Eretz Yisrael is given to the Tzibor and to those who observe Taro Mitzvahs. So therefore the way that the Geula is manifest then is control over the land, taking the reins of the land, namely through the restoration of Jewish Malchus. Now, the Rav Hunter just points out that the second coming was better than the first coming in that you were chayv in Shumas right away, and in that it had eternal Kedusha. It was lacking in that we didn't come in, Biyad Ramah, but Chanukah was, so to speak, the fulfillment of the real coming into Eretz Yisrael. So this uh, explains why it's so critical for the Ramam to mention that this dafka happened by Bayashani. Bayas Rishain! It was merely a time of coming into the land. So we don't have to establish monarchy. We just have to come back into the land. But since it happened during Bayashini, when we were remained in the land, therefore the Geula was in such a way where it was manifest by the restoration of Malchus. Okay, Rabbi Sai, thank you so much for listening. And I wish everyone a wonderful Shabbos and a Freilich and Hanukkah. And uh, all the best. Please, um, if you get a chance, you could uh, check out our email or go to rabbidg.com to get the first sheet that we learned from uh, on Parshas Vayeshev. And uh, please share it with your family. Wishing everyone a good Shabbos and a family Chanukah. Shkoyach. Rabbi, we're having regular Shira next week. So Monday, Monday is regular. And there's no uh, no Igaris uh, Hagra. But the other shirim should be on, except for the Eon shir on Sunday morning uh, is not confirmed right now. Okay. okay. Right. Kol everyone. Shabbos. Shabbos. Kol Thank you. Have a good Shabbos. Shabbos.
Sabır. Sabır.